0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for his glory. You are welcome also from me this morning, in case you're new. My name's Esther. Whether you're here in the room joining us at home, you're so very, very welcome. And it's so good to be worshipping today in a in a full room of people and to be able to hear the voices lifting up Jesus. Isn't that good? Well, today we are coming to the theme in our our preaching ahead of a week of praying of Kingdom Come. It's been so good to be in prayer these last 14 days. My heart has been strengthened and encouraged as I've joined with brothers and sisters to agree in prayer. I've been Personally, really encouraged by some of the words from Isaiah 35 and a sense of a different season coming ahead, a season where we'll see more of the miraculous, of holiness, and of joy. I believe we're going to enter a season where we see more of the kingdom of God coming. So, my heart is encouraged, and I hope that yours is too. You know, always when we draw away and we come close to God, our perspective shifts and our hearts are encouraged. We, myself and Martin, have also had the privilege this week of a gathering with the national leadership team of AOG. We were praying with eight other prayerful and prophetic church leaders from different places in the UK, and we were praying and seeking the Lord uh, regarding the movement of AOG and then feeding back to the national leadership team what we felt the Lord was saying. It's been such a privilege and a blessing uh, to be in that setting and to be involved with the national leadership who are seeking to connect prayer and prophetic with their national leadership team. And we look forward to seeing what comes of that uh, as, they, as they seek the Lord, really, as a, uh, as a denomination at the start of the year. Well, it's been so helpful the last couple of weeks to have the focus on the Sunday ahead of praying in the week. And you'll probably remember two weeks ago, it was only two weeks ago, Mark was here sharing with us on the theme of come to me. Really encouraging us and reminding us that there was a place of rest to be found in relationship with God. There was a personal invitation for us to respond to, to come to him. And we could respond through prayer or through worship or through the word. And then last week, Martin brought us the focus of prepare the way. Really getting us ready to, in our prayer, prepare the way for God to move in circumstances and situations, and particularly that we would be consecrated, that we would be set apart, that we would be ready for what God wants to do. And he reminded us of the power of abiding and of consecration and being set apart and of Surrender. Now, today we're not moving on from these two themes. These two themes we must keep hold of in our lives and in our Christian walk, coming to me and preparing the way. But today we're going to build on these, keeping those as a fundamental foundation, but just shifting the focus slightly to praying, Kingdom come. Kingdom come. It's there in the prayer that Jesus taught us. When his disciples said, How should we pray? He said this, Matthew 6. 9 to 10, I think it's going to come on the screen. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. It's right up there of the things that we should be praying. Now, if you're new to church, maybe new to this language of kingdom, maybe you've not come across it before, dictionary.com explains this as Kingdom is the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ extends, whether in heaven or on earth. We describe it here as CLM, as the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ. His lordship, his honor, his ways, his love, his gospel, his truth, his grace, his power, and his justice. These are the things Jesus said when you pray. Pray, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. You see, the reality is that since the fall that we read of in Genesis 3, back right at the start when mankind first fell, first sinned, first, if you like, rebelled against God, there's been another kingdom at work in the earth, a kingdom that is at its heart the power of Satan that operates by usurping the place of authority that was given to man to rule on the earth. That kingdom is a kingdom that kills and steals and destroys. It's a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of destruction. And the two kingdoms do not mix. But Jesus came to bring a different kind of a kingdom. When he came, he was... Beginning the bringing of a different kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and bringing it into the earth, to bring it instead of the kingdom that was already in place. 1 John 3 8 says, The reason the Son of God appears was to destroy the devil's work. It was to bring a different kingdom, to displace what was existing. He came to bring a kingdom of love and of grace, of freedom, of healing, of forgiveness of sin. And more. And for those of you who are familiar with the New Testament, then you know that when Jesus ascended into heaven and what happened at Pentecost is he poured out his spirit on us, on believers, that we would continue the work of bringing the kingdom. Here are a couple of other verses of things that Jesus said to his disciples. He said in Luke 22 verse 9, and I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me. We don't normally use the word confer very much. It just means I'm giving you a kingdom, just as the father gave one to me. This is what he says to you this morning, CLM. I'm giving you a kingdom. He said in Matthew 16:19, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. He has given us the keys. He's given us the authority to be bringers of his kingdom here on the earth, this kingdom of righteousness and peace and truth and love, this kingdom of healing and reconciliation, of bringing light into dark places. Now, of course, his kingdom has to come in us as well as coming through us as the Holy Spirit works in each one of us to set us free, to set us free and from the the way that sin has affected us. He makes us bit by bit more like Jesus. This is kind of some of the work that maybe we've been doing this week in prayers of consecration. It's like, Lord, come and change me. Make me more like you. He comes in us, but also through us. We don't have to wait until we're a completely finished work before God uses us to bring his kingdom through us. But he calls us to be kingdom bringers. It's not the exclusive way, but the primary way of bringing the kingdom is through prayer. Quite simply, praying, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. It's really straightforward. It's as we spend time with God, as we talk to him and we ask him for his kingdom to come. Jesus invites us to be part of bringing his kingdom. He says, when you pray, ask it, ask it. This is like the first primary way that we bring the kingdom. He says, let your kingdom come. I hope that you know that there's power in the authority that has been given to you and to me as a human who lives and walks and breathes on the earth. Because God gave authority to mankind to rule on the earth. That's back there in Genesis. The authority sits with mankind. So when mankind speaks and wills and desires and asks, there is authority. So what you say, what you ask for in the presence of God, what you desire and what you will, it carries weight and it carries authority, which means it can make a difference. So Jesus says, when you pray, pray, let your kingdom come. Ask it. Now, of course, there are other ways that we can be involved in bringing the kingdom. We can ask it, but we can also show it. When we live it out, when we love, when we forgive, when we show grace, when we honor others above ourselves, and all the other brilliant New Testament values that many of you know and many of you exhibit. Whenever we walk in situations and we display the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, Patience, faithfulness, self control. When we stand up for what is right or just, when we're doing these things, we show the kingdom. We demonstrate it. We carry it. We embody it in different places. We carry the presence of God into the places we go. You see, we can ask for it, but we can also show it. And then, also on top of this, when it comes to bringing the kingdom, there's some things that we can do. We can do it when we engage with the people or the places or the situations where change is needed, when we act to bring change or maybe just speak out and stand up for something that is right. Jesus said, when you pray, ask it. Kingdom of God come, will of God be done. There's something that I've noticed is that the more that I pray it, the more I'm also challenged to show it. And the more that I pray it, the more I see opportunities and I take opportunities to do it and to bring the kingdom. And these three things, they're not entirely separate. The asking it, the showing it, and the doing it. And as I come to encourage us at the start of this week, that we would be those who pray, kingdom, come. There is a reality that as we pray, it changes us. As we pray, the more likely we are to show it, the more likely we are to do it, to do the stuff that brings the kingdom, the more likely we are to share with, to share with someone around us what Jesus has done for us, because we're asking it and it's changing us. You know, I've realized uh, that over the last couple of years since COVID and since lockdowns and all of that, I have been much less active in talking to people outside of the church about Jesus. Not something that I'm proud to say, but it's something that I am aware of. Now, partly that's because I've just engaged generally with a lot less people. Most of us probably have found ourselves with that kind of habit, but I realized the end of last year it was a long time since I'd shared Jesus with someone. And then I found myself. It was a Thursday night. I was at a community conversation that had been organized by Rock, which is Redeeming Our Communities, and I sat by a young Muslim gentleman who works with young people in our city, a lovely young man. I asked him some questions. We exchanged some niceties. I asked him a little bit about his faith, and it opened the door for a conversation about Jesus. He was full of questions about Jesus, He said, how can you be sure that he's the son of God? Does it actually say that in the Bible? Have you got a Bible in its original language? He wasn't being argumentative. He wanted to know there were things, questions that he had about Christianity, about Jesus and about the faith that we had. And I was able to talk about all of these things. I was able to talk to him about the fact that I can have a relationship with Jesus that my belief is that life and the purpose of life is not what he had been taught, that he's here to be tested by God. so I believe that I'm here to know God, to be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing to be able to share with someone. He finished the conversation not by being ready to give his life to Jesus just yet. But he did say, I do want to try other religions and not assume that what I've found I should just stick with. An openness of heart to seek and to search, and the thing that I realized, I'd forgotten the joy of sharing Jesus with someone. You see, when we talk to someone about Jesus, when we share, when we step out, there is great joy that comes with that. And when we shrink back from it, we forget it. And we think, yes, it can sometimes be a little uncomfortable. We can sometimes put ourselves out of our comfort zones, but there is such joy when we talk about Jesus. You know, God knows our hearts and our lives. And when we bring our prayers to him, he knows He knows whether they're just words or whether we're willing to do whatever it takes to be the answer to the prayer. And he's asking for us, yes, to ask for the kingdom to come, but also to show the kingdom to come and also to be willing to be the answer. And you know, as we pray this week, I know there is particular power in our prayer, when we're willing to come and say, I'm going to pray something because I so desire it. And Lord, if you want to send me to be the answer, I will also do whatever you ask me to do. And when we pray like that, I know heaven gives us his full attention, that the Lord is ready to use us and move us. It's not that he doesn't hear prayers when we're not willing to be the answer, but there's something different when we come with willingness and openness, when we come with a cry that says, here I am. Send me. So, whilst I am encouraging us to pray this week, kingdom of God, come. We can't truly separate our prayers from our lives, from our actions. We can't separate what we ask from what we show and what we do. But Jesus did say to his disciples, when you pray, this is what you should pray let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, this week, let's pray. Let's lean in. Let's come to the time of prayers. It's seven more days. Let's use the time and let's pray for the kingdom of God to come. Let's pray for the rule and reign of Jesus to be established, for his love to be encountered, for his power to be seen. Let's pray that we would be surrendered to his will and not our own. Let's pray that we would be free from the patterns and the habits and the behaviors that might have held us in our lives, but that we would be unlimited to follow Jesus where he leads. Let's pray that we would be living as sons and daughters who show the kingdom to everybody around us, that they see something different. Let's pray that we would be a people. If you imagine all the CLMers in both services, that we would be those who are influencing the world where we engage with others. People would know that we are a different people in a good way, not a weird way. Let's pray that we will be a people who stand up for what is right and what is fair, a people who stand against injustice, including racial discrimination in all of its forms. You know, before Christmas, I met with uh, two brilliant ladies from this congregation, Tanisha Gale and Olivet Ahama, and I I wanted to hear from them what they'd been doing in their workplace because they had taken some steps to stand against a racial discrimination in their workplaces, and they did it by going about seeking for there to be um, much better appreciation and celebration of different cultures in their workplaces. And they were seeking to increase awareness and increase intolerance of ignorance and discrimination that existed in their workplaces. They were in different kinds of situations, they went about it different ways, but both of them, both of them now actually in different workplaces, but before they left, they changed the culture where they were. They brought a shift, they brought a change, they brought kingdom values of honor and racial justice into the places where they were. I'm not saying those works were complete, but they had begun a good work, totally inspiring. I kicked myself at the end that I'd not recorded the the conversation, because they were brilliant. You know, what are the kingdom values that need standing up for where you work, where you go? What are the things that you could pray into this week? Let's pray for our workplaces this week, for the kingdom of God to come. The Lord may show us as we pray how he wants us to be active there. But let's begin with prayer. Let's pray first. This week, can I encourage us? Let's pray for healing. Let's pray for miracles and more miracles. Let's pray for us to have a boldness from the Holy Spirit to put our hands on people if they're happy for that in COVID times, but that we would be bold enough to do that if they're in pain or if they're ill and to pray for them. I hope you know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were not primarily for use in this room. They're primarily for use out there in the places where you work. On your streets with people who don't yet know Jesus. The point in them is to reveal Jesus to them and help them to see Him that they might enter into His kingdom. Let's pray this week for our missions partners as we seek to help those who are hungry, in poverty, in debt, and more. There's so many ways in which we can pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Different expressions. And perhaps let's pray above all for the kingdom of God to come in people. for revelation of Jesus Christ that enables them to enter in, to be born into the kingdom of God themselves and to have relationship with him. It was an amazing man. D.L. Moody was a 19th century American evangelist. You may have heard the story. He prayed daily, daily for a hundred of his friends. Daily for a hundred of his friends. Those are, those are two amazing statements. He prayed every day for them to come to know Christ. It's documented that during his life, 96 of those 100 gave their lives to Christ. And at his funeral, the final four also gave their lives to Christ. I wonder perhaps we haven't seen more people come to faith in Jesus because we haven't given ourselves to pray for them. And so I invite us this week This week, let's pray. Kingdom of God, come. This week, let's put down the names that are going to be on our list of the people we will pray for daily, perhaps through this whole year. Friends, we've been entrusted with a kingdom. It's been conferred on us, given to us. We've been given the keys. We've been given authority to bring it. And Jesus says, when you pray, ask it. This is for every single one of us. This isn't for the super Christian. This isn't for the Christian who's been saved at least five years. This is for everybody, every follower of Jesus. Do you know what I find, though, is sometimes we get distracted by other stuff. We can struggle with this. We can wrestle with it. We get focused on some different things. It's not just me, is it? At the start of the year, I I, I felt led to read the book of Jonah the account of the prophet sent to Nineveh. And he was sent really, slightly different language, but essentially to bring the kingdom of God, to bring God's rule and reign into a place of evil. Many of you will be familiar with the account. But I want us to go there briefly this morning. And I know we're a long way through the message. Don't worry, that wasn't just a very long introduction. He was sent on actually what turned out to be one of the most fruitful missionary trips that we have documented in the Bible but he had some wrestles and he had some struggles in going, as we well know. This is where the story starts. Jonah 1, 1 to 6, it says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Okay, this is Jonah. I know it doesn't seem like a great example for us this morning, but stay with me. Jonah was sent, but he didn't want to go. In fact, instead he ran the other way, ended up at sea in a storm, a storm sent because he was running away from God. They ended up throwing him overboard in an attempt to save everybody else. And of course, famously, he was swallowed by a whale or a large fish. Now, I know some of you think this is fanciful. Some of you think this couldn't be true and this couldn't happen, but I need you to know that in the news just last year, June 2021, there was a news article I read that Michael Packard, lobster diver in Herring Cove Beach, Cape Cod, USA, you may have seen this, he uh, was diving in the water, felt a shove from behind and then complete darkness. He was swallowed by a humpback whale. He documented what happened. He said, all I could think of was my 15-year-old and 17-year-old son because I knew I was going to die and I wasn't going to see them again. But then he said, what happened was he felt the whale begin to go towards the surface of the water and begin to shake its head. And he was spat out of the whale. This can happen. This was in the news just last year. So don't think, Jonah, fish, this isn't true. This is Bible rubbish. This is not. This still happens in real life. Jonah was swallowed by a large fish, we are told. And in the fish, he prayed. In that place, he became mindful that God had just rescued him and saved him. He was called to focus again on God's goodness to him and God's salvation. And so like the man from Cape Cod, when Jonah was spat out by the whale, God asked him again, go to Nineveh. Give him the message I give you in this time, Jonah went. this is what it says in Jonah 3, 3 to 5. It says, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city and it took three days to go through it. Jonah began by doing a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on Sackcloth, a sign of repentance. The people of Nineveh heard and they believed. The kingdom of God came. And God's response, we get told in Jonah 3, verse 10 when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he'd threatened. That's a successful trip. He turned a city back to God. And you know what happened as a result is for 2,800 years, there were communities of Christians in Nineveh and the surrounding plains. Now, you may remember also from the news that ISIS in 2015 uh, targeted some of those communities and most of them fled. But prior to 2015, it's thought there were 150,000 Christians living in Nineveh and across the Nineveh plains. This was not just a missionary journey that was a flash in the pan, but it changed what happened in that place for almost 3,000 years. This was a successful bringing of the kingdom, certainly probably the most significant missionary trip that we get documented in the whole of Scripture. Yet Jonah hadn't wanted to go in the first place. He wasn't that pleased that God forgave the citizens of Nineveh. He obviously didn't like them very much. To be honest, Jonah wasn't very good at showing the kingdom by who he was and how he conducted himself. In fact, we get a bit of a postscript in Jonah chapter 4 where Jonah's sitting in the sun and he's angry with God for being so gracious. And we get told that a leafy plant grew up and gave him some shade and he was really pleased about it. And the next day, a worm ate the plant and it shriveled up and he was, had the blazing sun on him again. And he's there and he said, I'm so angry I could die. And God said this to him. Jonah 4 verse 10, you've been concerned about this plant that you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern? For the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. And also many animals. I wonder if I can invite the band. You know, Jonah didn't want to go. Maybe he had his own family. Maybe he had other issues. He certainly wasn't really that bothered about what was happening with the Ninevites. In the midst of the storm at sea, he was below deck, in the darkness, sleeping. I can tell you this was not the rest in the storm that we see Jesus enjoying in Mark chapter 4. This is something very different. This is an opting out of a refusal to engage with the reality or the current situation. In fact, the pagan captain had to say to him, Get up and call on your God. Jonah wasn't even praying. Eventually, after being humbled, thrown overboard, swallowed by a fish, given a second chance, then he went and he took the message. And they turned away from their evil and they turned back to God. And Jonah once again expressed, I guess, some of the deficit really of his heart. He was overwhelmed with concern for what brought him blessing and comfort but was unmoved really by the issue of 120,000 people facing the judgment of God. Friends, I can't help be challenged by Jonah as we come into this week of Kingdom Come, Challenge as to whether I'm really bothered by what happens to people that I don't personally know. challenges to whether I will go when God asks me whether I will speak whether I will pray for others whether I will share something that God lays on my heart challenges to whether I am more concerned about what brings me comfort and blessing than about 120,000 people who do not know right from wrong or in this great city over 300,000 people who do not know right from wrong? Am I concerned for those who don't yet know that Jesus loves them, died for them, can bring them freedom and liberty, and take them out of the kingdom of darkness into something of light and beauty and freedom and purpose? This week, I know I need to pray. I need to pray for the kingdom of God to come. I need to engage in the spiritual reality around me. I need to ask it, to use my will and my prayer for the kingdom of God to come. I know that in doing so, I will find more of God's heart and more of His concern. Now, Jonah, he didn't do great in many ways. He didn't do great at asking it or showing it, and eventually he did it, did the stuff he was asked to do. He was reluctant, he was moody, and even so, God used him. Even so, God used him to turn the city back to him. What might he do through us? Because I know he's concerned for this city. I know he's concerned for the 300,000 in it who do not know right from wrong. So, friends, as we come to this week's focus of 21 days, kingdom come. We come as a people who've been given authority, given the keys. But as we look at Jonah, where do we find ourselves today? Are we willing? Are we ready? to ask it, to show it, to do it. Are we open to God using us as we are? I'm conscious perhaps many of us, particularly in this season, after two years of COVID, we maybe find ourselves sleeping on the lower deck, in the dark, not in peaceful, restful sleep, but just trying to block it out or just disconnect it the need or from the storm or from what God might have asked you to do in a different season. This week provides us with an opportunity to get up and to call on our God. To call on him for his kingdom to come. Maybe you need to stir hope again. I ask you, what are you believing God for? What are you hoping God is going to do? What are you concerned for? Where do you want to see His kingdom come? Because He is gracious and He is compassionate and His ear is turned to you and to what you will say in prayer, what you will bring to, you, to Him, what you will ask of Him. So this week, can I encourage us together Let's pray kingdom come over countless situations around our lives, for schools, over our streets, over families that we know, over relationships. Let's pray for healing and provision. Let's pray for restoration and reconciliation. Let's pray for justice. And above it all, let's pray for those who do not yet know Jesus Christ. I'm gonna invite us to pray as I come to a close this morning, and I invite you to respond with me today. And you might wanna stand, you might wanna kneel in some way to make yourself available to the Lord, in some way to demonstrate a response to him as he invites us to pray, kingdom come. Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to bring a different kingdom. And we thank you for the privilege that you have placed in us as your followers, not just to be in that kingdom, but to be bringers of that kingdom. And we come and say sorry this morning, where we find ourselves distracted or disobedient disconnected we thank you that you are a gracious and a compassionate God we thank you that you are concerned for us and you are also concerned for all those in our city who do not know right from wrong and this week Father we pray that you would help us help us to ask it, help us to show it, help us to do it to let your kingdom come, Jesus, in us, through us. We thank you, Lord, that your kingdom is always coming. So we say, King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus' name above all names, you are worthy. We desire your reign. We desire for your kingdom to come. And we pray that in your mercy, you would help us to play the part you have marked out for each one of us, that we would have the joy of celebrating with you as your kingdom comes and as you are exalted and glorified. We ask these things, King Jesus, in your precious name,